Ladies and gents, want to welcome you back to the Florida Keys Weekly Show. We have a very special edition this week. I've got my good friend Abe Khan, Colonel Abe Khan, on the show at a very important time in our uh, world world's history. I think we're all paying attention to the news as we record this today, and things could be different as you guys out there in radio land and cyber land listen to this as things change by the minute over in Ukraine and Eastern Europe and Russia. And we all know uh, the dynamics of what's going on and how dire and how and how serious that is. And that's why I brought ABCON in to talk today. I do want to thank our friends in the radio world, uh, WKWF AM 1600 and FM 103.3. Those of you on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 7 a.m., the early risers, and on 93.7 NRG, 5 a.m., even earlier risers on Sunday. Now, if you're not waking up early and you're listen, listening to this or want to catch it again, of course, www.keysweekly.com and then Apple, your podcast app picks us right up, Florida Keys Weekly. Uh, you can go to Spotify, Amazon, any digital platform, we're there. So we're happy to have you and we're happy to have Abe Khan today. Now, let me tell you before I bring Abe in a little bit about Colonel Abe Khan. Now, he was, I got, I got to point this out, and Shanice, our producer, is here. She's been listening to me to me talk to Abe, and he's going to shrill and roll his eyes when I do this. Most decorated heroes uh, that don't wear capes uh, that I've found in my life are very humble, and it's a sincere humility. And as I was trying to get Abe's bio, I know a lot about him. I see a lot of things just insulting uh, incorrectly in the spellings because it's so above my pay grade and my vocabulary, and he has so much behind uh, his resume for the great things he's done and served our country, but he will tell you it's not a big deal. Uh, in terms of himself, uh, he will tell you, Britt, don't read all that stuff because the bio is extensive. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about this man. Um, aside from the fact he was commissioned uh, early on, ROTC, uh, he was located in Buffalo, New York. He ended up being a graduate of New York's uh, Buffalo State College. Uh, he Abe Khan also holds a master's in strategic studies and Army of War College class 2010. But to go on, he was really originally branched as a military intelligence officer. Um, he attended the military intelligence officer basic course, quartermaster officer, and he either commanded or held duty positions in the platoon company, battalion, bridge division, corps, joint staff levels. Colonel Khan has also completed three one-year deployments. That's, and I'm going to say that again, three one-year deployments in Afghanistan of operations enduring freedom. Now, the list of his accomplishments literally is about 40 things here of decorated um, uh, tributes to him and accomplishments uh, and awards. Some of those include the Bronze Star Medal, Second Award, Meritorious Service Second Award Medal, Joint Service Commendation Medal, Army Commendation Medal, Second Award, Army Achievement Medal, Army Reserve Component. It goes on and on and on. Uh, and I say that not to put Abe in a uncomfortable, he's already uncomfortable, uh, but he has served our country and, and with good reason, um, he's been recognized for the service that he's not only given to us here back at home, but his men and women that have served under him. And today, uh, I could I could tell you, we could spend a whole show talking about Abe and he doesn't want me to do that. I promised him I wouldn't, but I'll at least say that today, um, he's retired from the Coast Guard. I mean, excuse, excuse me, the DEA as well. Um, and he lives here in Key West with his wife, Mindy. A lot of you out there know Mindy Khan from our school board and the great things she does in the community. And they have two children, 
Emily, and Joshua. So with that being said, Abe, welcome to the show. I know you're going to be mad at me for telling everyone, but most of all, I'm honored to have you and you're my friend and I look up to you. I'm honored to have you on the show. Thank you, Brett. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate everything. Absolutely. Now, I brought you in spur of the moment today. I said, hey, would you mind with everything going on? I think it would be great to have what I consider to be an expert, someone with really literally boots on the ground expertise and insight to some of the world affairs that are going on. And most notably, we all understand the vulnerable issue and situation that's happening to an extent, we understand as people, the layman like me is watching CNN or Fox or NBC or ABC, whatever you subscribe to and all the websites, we're trying to digest this information on what we're being told and seen through the lens of the media as Vladimir Putin invades Ukraine, which we understand to be a sovereign nation and extend perhaps the arm of the old Soviet Union as he uh, really attacks a much more inferior military from what I can understand and see and a lot of innocent people in harm's way right now. So I think it started out with you, Abe, just to give me a synopsis for those listening that maybe they don't get from the media. What is, what is your take? What is your kind of the outline of what you see going on in the world? And what, what's in the mind, if you can go into the mind of Vladimir Putin as he descends into Ukraine right now? I think we have to start at the beginning, okay? And a lot of it we have to go back to even like World War II, so after World War II and then the, or during World War II and the Nazis came in during the Blitzkrieg and they came in during Operation Barbarossa, um, they, they, they went ahead and they just entered and that became the Eastern Front and just slaughtered and really, really hurt the Russians to extents we all know what they did, but I don't think anybody realizes to what extent this all happened. And I think what... President Putin is doing today is they live still under that little bit of fear where if if you look at the way the Soviet or the Eastern Bloc countries were divided up after World War II, there was mm-hmm. always a buffer zone. There was always a Poland, a Hungary, a Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia or any of the myriad of the Baltic states were there. So they never had to worry about it. Under the last... 10, 15 years when the Soviet, you know, when we went back from the Soviet Union, all that, the wall came down. Everybody said, let's kumbaya, let's have peace. Let's let these countries go back to the way it was pre-World War II. Mm -hmm. And everybody became their own nation again. It was great. It was working. Poland, you know, they you watched what happened there with Lech Walesa. It 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 kind of worked right. in a sequence down. But what I think has happened over the years is between NATO and the U.S., they become worried again, and they've always been worried about NATO. Uh, as far as when you say they, meaning Russia, Russia yeah. is always worried about NATO because they see NATO as a everybody against them, right? So this well, is why, not why much is, different. Is it why is that? And I don't want to dig too deep into the Cold War, but is that a philosophy? The ideologies of difference from those? Well, it, it it really comes to the Cold War. We were the first ones with nuclear weapons. They came out with nuclear weapons four to five years later. Mm-hmm. Now they're probably on par with us as far as the numbers, as far as technology and things like that, we still have a leg up on what 
ours can do. But when you're talking about a nuclear bomb, if it hits New York, it doesn't really have to hit Manhattan. If it hits New Jersey, it's still going to have the same effect. But I ask that because I hear, and I don't want to. I, I want to, you know, digress back to your points as we go through the history. But I hear a lot of people say, well. If Putin has any claim, or at least he's using this as the bolster and sort of his justification to invade a sovereign nation, it is, hey, if these guys join NATO, because to the north you have Finland and they haven't joined, if, if this country joins NATO, we're surrounded by enemies and we can't allow that to happen. Is, is NATO a true threat to Russia? I mean, is it a true threat? Will we see people really start to put pressure on them militarily, uh, so, so to speak? I don't think the U.S. or NATO is a threat to Russia. Right. I don't think either one is. We don't live in the same mentality or um, we don't have the same uh, militaristic style. Um, we live under what's called a, we will never be a first use or, or a first strike doctrine. Okay. We will never be the person that goes ahead and says we are going to launch a nuclear weapon. The only time a nuclear weapon was ever used was Nagasaki, Hiroshima at the end of World War II. And we were feared that we, and when the estimates came out, they said we were going to lose this many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans. So we said, it's better to do this. My grandfather was on a boat heading that way when it happened, uh, across on the Navy heading to Japan for the invasion. And uh, at the time, the bombs were dropped. So absolutely, yeah. He was part of that estimate. So I I, I might be a, there might be a reason I'm sitting here today. And that's not to take away from the tragedy of of casualties in war, but that was absolutely. War is a horrible thing. Like like you read before, you know, I spent three years in it, you know, Life is very cheap in a wartime situation. You know, we see somebody dead today, God forbid, in a car accident, and we think it's horrible. When you go to these places and you see the carnage, I don't want to say you get used to it because you never get used to it, but it becomes something like it just something you see every day. It, 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 I, so I don't want to sound callous. I don't want to sound cold. You never are immune to it. You live with that the rest of your life. It wakes you up at night. But um, but it just it it it's a different thing, and it's hard to explain to people that weren't there. Right. But don't forget, they also say history repeats itself. What's happened is very similar to what happened during the Cuban Missile Crisis. In their eyes. Okay, so we went ahead with the Cubans, you know, went ahead and told the Russians, go ahead and put missiles on our on on soil here. Mm-hmm. All right. And we went ahead and we almost went to World War Three with that. Okay, But at the last minute, calmer, you know, minds prevailed and that and, and that didn't happen. Okay, so but what's happening now is they're looking at us when I say us becoming so friendly with a place like the Ukraine or, right. or where we've gone ahead now and nothing I'm saying is classified. We've gone ahead and put interceptor missiles over in Poland. That's a little too close for comfort for them. And what they're saying is if the United States or NATO ever did attack, which again, I don't think would ever happen, but if they ever did attack all their nuclear capabilities would almost be moot because right. we could take them down in Europe before they even made it into, you know, U.S. airspace kind right. of thing. So for them, they're feeling like we're getting too friendly. Will the Ukraine ever be part of NATO? Abe Khan's opinion, no. Mm-hmm. Not because we don't love the Ukraine. It's just because we don't want to get into that 
political quagmire of ticking off Russia. Yeah. So let me, so let me cut to more of the chase. So yeah. you know I probably align with a lot of where you come from, Abe, and what little I understand and how much you understand. Uh, Bronze Star winner, commanding the men and women that you've commanded in combat, uh, three tours in Afghanistan, and so on and so on. And, and so I, I point that out again to listeners as we talk to Colonel Abe Khan about the situation because I think what you have to say carries so much weight. For those that are listening and they say, and you hear this, you probably already heard it. They say, well, we've done this before. And you talked about Cuba earlier. And they say that the domino effect is not real. And I was just talking to someone that I really like. And, and he, he shared some of these thoughts. And he was sincere. And he, and he, he lost a father in Vietnam. And, and he said, look, we, we've seen this, this domino effect of us using the justification of the spread of communism and the domino effect to justify military, Vietnam, Korea, you know, he even, and, and again, this is not in any way, and I know you don't, I can't insult you, but, the, you know, bringing up things like Iraq and Afghanistan, everyone's got an opinion, but yet you serve in these places. And for those that say, this is different, we don't have to worry about Putin, you know, he's going to, you know, he just wants Ukraine, he wants to reestablish that area, it's not something we're going to see where he's putting stuff back in Cuba 90 miles from where we're setting right now. Uh, we're not going to see the rest of the world be affected by this. Do you feel like, you know, based on what you know, and I know you know a lot more than you can even share, but when it comes to Vladimir Putin, comes to China, we see in these we see these alliances and things they're doing, and I don't want to get too far off here at this point, you know, Antarctica and initiatives they have together. Should we be worried? No. No? No, we don't have to worry about this. Don't forget, when you talk about China, when you talk about the, the, the Russians or whatever, I think a lot of people get afraid. Uh, mm -hmm. whether you want to call propaganda, whatever you want to call it. You know, we grew up as kids. Some of us that are old enough, you know, we hit, hit under desks for nuclear drills and things like that. Um, I did, you're, you're older than me. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> we, they used to have like a fire drill back in the day uh, when I was growing up. They if That we had fallout shelters and you would told that if god forbid something blew and, up and that wasn't long ago i mean let's I mean it really wasn't that's that's wild hiding under a desk i'm not sure what good it would have done but i guess <laughs> you know it, it's it's like when you fly today they everybody feels safer going through a magnetometer and nothing will happen so i'm not going to go into that now but um it is safer but um you know people that are have the experience of the industry know it's all just a show kind of thing it's not if somebody the Secret Service, they used to have a thing. Nothing is more dangerous than the person willing to make uh, the ultimate sacrifice. So if somebody's willing to die to hurt a president, that's their worst fear. There's right. nothing they can do to stop that person. It's the same thing. If the Russians really wanted to do something, if the Chinese really wanted to do something, it would be catastrophic. Mm -hmm. Okay, it would be absolute... It, it would... It, it would be an absolute terrible thing. It really comes back to the old 60s, the, 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 the pretense of, uh, uh, of MAD, which was the mutual, uh, I, my brain just shut down, uh, you know, uh, mutually assured uh, destruction. destruction. Yeah. So we have that, okay? Our military is the most powerful military in the world. When you start looking and, you know, sometimes it could sound terrible, like, oh my God, we only have you know, 7,000 tanks or 9,000 planes, and they have, you know, double that. But what you have to look at is technology, okay? Our planes, 
our F-35s, things like that, they can't be seen. Yeah. All right. So, you know, when they say they have 7,000 tanks, we're talking about they have, they're going like to T-54s, T-64 tanks, which go back to like the Korean era. They're just sitting, rusting away. Yeah, they could be put back into use, but really what good are they going to do against our state-of-the-art equipment? So we will always... At least for now, we carry the technological age. They will go ahead and say they have stealth capabilities too, but they're not truly. They look like our stealth stuff, but they don't have the same capabilities as our stuff. So when you say that too, Colonel Abe Khan, uh, Bronze Star, three tours Afghanistan here on the Florida Keys Weekly Show, and 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 Abe, when you uh, when you talk about those capabilities and the most dangerous soldier or person is those willing to die. What's your assessment of the so far? And again, someone could be listening to this a week from now and play, play Monday morning quarterback on what we're talking about. Cause this is, this is going to change rapidly as the Russians progress, but what is your assessment so far of the Ukrainian fighters and their will to fight? And on top of that, if Russia does not make a, the tragic decision to level cities with, with their from the air and they try to invade on the ground at some point, which I assume they have to to take the country, do you, do you, is there a way for you to call this or say, do you see the Ukrainian people that will to fight continue from building to building and to stand up for what they're doing? What, what is, you know, a lot of that's being talked about right now in the media. What's your assessment of that? I don't, Britt. Uh, I think it's going to be very quick. Um, I was talking with some people that know and uh, are in the know a little earlier, actually yesterday afternoon. Basically, what they're seeing right now, and again, none, nothing that I'm saying is of a classified nature, but what they're seeing right now is they will move a lot of people into Kiev or Kiev. Mm-hmm. One is the, the Kiev is the Russians saying of it, or Kiev is the Ukrainians saying. Thank of you it. for saying but, that because I never know which yes, one. Okay. It, it, it's basically the same place, but it's it's it, it is the same place. Just one is a Ukrainian. Kiev is Ukrainian. Kiev was Russian. Yeah. Uh, so what they're saying is we're going to move a lot, or they're going to move a lot of forces in. They're going to secure the capital, all right, and then. Um, Head of the they're not really thinking that it's going to go too much further. Okay. A lot of what they're knocking out, while you don't, when you do watch the CNNs, the Foxes, and all these news channels, you see these individual uh, fire plumes or mm-hmm. explosions. They're knocking out key nodes. They're knocking out your internet. They're knocking out your water. They're wa- knocking out food areas. They're, they're, they're knocking out key or main things that make everyday living possible. Right. They want to force the people into submission. This is the easiest way, and military. They're taking out military uh, air defense kind of thing. So right now, the Russians, they own pretty much. You'll, you'll read things about uh, a guy, they're calling him the ghost of Kiev, that's knocking down Russian planes. It's all it's all nonsense. It's all propaganda. It's all nonsense okay. stuff. So um, the Russians are very capable. Uh, they know what they're doing. But um, they've also pretty much have been given orders. We don't want this. We don't want to become the Nazis. We don't want this to be the Holocaust. We don't want to go ahead and blow up apartment buildings just because they're apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. So one of the things like you read in that bio, like when I went to the Army War College, um, the, the Army War College is the senior service college. It's 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 the place that the colonels go to to become generals. And what they do basically there is it's a it's a year or two year long process that you go 
to, and it's where they teach you the strategic stuff, not the two guys fighting on the ground. It's the it's the secondary and tertiary effects. If what do you what happens if they knock out the water supply? How does that affect down the road? Secondary effects, tertiary. Uh, if 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 you have people that are fighting and shooting at you from a church, what do you call it? Do you blow up the church? Okay, or what what you 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 a radio tower right where, where you're in the business okay is it prudent to go ahead and blow up the radio tower to get what you want because you have a guy shooting at you from that radio tower mm-hmm. or is it better to shoot at the one person but you need the radio tower later on to go ahead and get your message out to the people so it's yeah. it, it's a puzzle in a way and figuring this stuff out and um and so that's interesting too because we know russia has beyond the upper hand they have a much more superior force numbers capabilities those types of things we we know what's coming we see it coming uh based on what you know and you can share the only thing that i have in, in my in my view of this as i see it only seeing what i can see through the media's lens is you know, if Putin does not use some severe force, he may, I guess the thing he faces, you hear a lot. And I want to know if there's some validity to this is if he doesn't use severe force, he rests more Russian uh, men coming home in body bags. The public there already has, you know, I think any country would have a protest, but they're having protests there. How real are those protests in Russia? How much does Putin need to avoid major casualties on his side and how and 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 how real is that that the media kind of puts out there well we're gonna answer it two ways okay the first way is because i hear a lot of people they start comparing it to like iraq or afghanistan or whatever um and each one of those were individual situations okay ukraine ukraine is a first world place right Afghanistan was easy to just go in and bomb and do whatever you wanted to do because basically it was a very poor place. There was nothing. When I got there, it was right after 9-11, and there were just buildings. It looked like bombed out Dresden after World War II. It was, it was just you couldn't get through the streets. Whereas the Ukraine is a very, very first world, first world um, uh, communications, press, banking living standards um people they uh what they make uh you know as far as uh an export so it's a very different thing they don't want to destroy this country right all right because that will give them that prolonged dragged out the russians aren't uh, the the average russian from what i'm hearing the average russian is not ecstatic to be there Okay, they feel they're going against their their brethren. Yep. Okay, so we're hearing many many instances of two units getting upon each other and both basically both looking at each other and saying, "We'll go our way, you go your way." And yeah. It, it, so there's not that, but I will tell you this. Anybody who owns the air and owns the night will win. Supremacy. Yeah. And there's just nothing you could do. Once you own the air and once you own the night with night vision capabilities, there's just nothing that anyone's going to do. You have 41,000 people. Um, they're, a, they're, a, they're a pretty well-trained military of 40,000. 
Russia threw 200,000 up there and everybody was asking me for weeks. Do you think it's just posturing? Do you think it's going to happen? I kept telling everybody, nobody moves 200,000 people, equipment and ships for posturing kind of thing. You know, we waited during Desert Storm until we had a half a million troops on the ground, just kept them hold, hold, hold. And then we went ahead and unleashed it. It was over in four days. Right. I have a feeling it's going to be a very similar instance here i could be wrong i don't have a crystal ball but i don't think it's going to be a prolonged action here so that's just abe's opinion no, of course, uh, colonel abe Khan, florida keys weekly show giving us some great insight into what's unfolding in ukraine and russia as russia invades that nation uh abe one of the questions i had for you as you were speaking is you talk about the ukrainian force but there's the rush we're getting a chance to really see for the first time in a while i know they probably have operations across the world with special forces but really the, the russian military force conducting a major exercise in a war what's your take on their capabilities that you've seen so far knowing what you know and what you've led and the tact in the tactical things you've done uh with your tours what's your take on the russian forces the russians are a first world military mm-hmm. they're if i had to take again the top three it's going to be u.s russia china all right they're they're going to give anybody a run for their money um i think again where it would come down to uh is Again, the capabilities, the Russians have some. They, we call like a thing like our F-35, a stealth fighter. That's our Gen 5 uh, model of an airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chinese, the Russians just aren't there yet. They're close, but they're not. They they, they call theirs, uh, they'll call them a 3.5 or a 4.5 because they know that it doesn't have the same capabilities. But don't forget, when you talk about just a helmet that a pilot wears in an F-35 plane, the mm-hmm. helmet alone is $400,000. It's amazing. It's four hundred thousand dollars. So that's like uh, a that's like an eight hundred square foot home in Key West. Yeah. <laughs> I know actually, it's I think more you're now. giving it more credit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but but uh, the Russians are extremely capable. Um, I think they're going to handle this differently than their years in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Afghanistan again was a different uh, a different climate i can go on to when i uh, climate not uh per se in the weather but a climate or classification of persons mm-hmm. um uh, weren't very well educated as whereas you're dealing with a lot or a lot of uh highly educated first, first world first education world. yeah so, so um i think there will be i think there will be a quick end to this um, and it kind of sort of has to be, um, I didn't want to get, I don't want to get too technical into any of this, but you know, you know, people worried about nuclear, this nuclear, that I don't ever think in our lifetimes, this is again, Abe Khan's opinion. I don't think we'll ever see a strategic or a global nuclear war. I just don't think we'd see that. I knocked on wood for you, for the listeners, just so you know. And I hope you're right. I think, and uh, but but keep going. I think what scares the planners around the world is the Russians do have a major supply of what we call tactical nuclear weapons. And people will say, because all they hear when I'm saying this is nuclear weapons, and they say, well, how can a nuke be tactical? So to put it into layman kind of thing, you take a bomb like a Hiroshima, all right, which killed 70 or 100,000 people. 
A tactical nuclear bomb is something that would launch out of a cannon or be dropped by a plane, but it's a much smaller, much, much smaller yield. Um, So, Still radioactive, though, right? Still radioactive, but instead of the bomb that took out, say, Hiroshima or Nagasaki, they drop that. That takes out from the Keys all the way up to, say, Marathon, Florida City. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about a bomb that takes out only one side of Key West. Which Hollywood loves to use those in the scripts for a suitcase nuke or something like that, right? One of those types of ideas. Yes and no. Now we're talking about dirty bombs and things like that. But but yeah, but yeah, yes. It's a much smaller device. And Russia has quite a lot of those. We do too. Mm -hmm. But the worst thing we would ever want to see, because then... I think it becomes a little more crazy is if God forbid somehow, some way, and, and, and I'm, I'm firmly behind the Ukrainians, but somehow, some way something happens and they start losing. And if they start losing or somebody else intervenes, mm-hmm. you could see something like that. Right. I, and, and I don't want to sound like a crazy person or like, Oh my God, I don't want people to start locking themselves or digging bomb shelters. I don't, I, I think all of this is way hypothetical. And I think the chances of anything, what I'm saying is really. No, absolutely. And I think, and that's sort of the paradox, right? You, you, you support the Ukrainian people, but if they were to start winning, it could get worse for them in terms of how the force Russia uses. Speaking of that, we've got about five minutes on the Florida Keys Weekly Show with Colonel Abe Khan. The people in Poland, the people in Ukraine, as they many of them fleeing to Poland, which is a whole another podcast. That that situation is not even being talked about from the refugee standpoint. But for those that are there, and not just the political refugees of LGBT journalists, anybody Putin sort of exiled that probably does not want to have to face those guys again. What is life in Poland for a mother of two? I mean, excuse me, of Ukraine. I've got Poland in my head. Life in Ukraine, mother of two, two weeks ago. And by the time we talk about this, if Russia does take control two years from now, is it, is it a different life? I mean, what are, you, you've you got some good insight on how that... Uh, you know, I've done a lot of humanitarian missions. I've done where I've, I've gone to places and I've helped, uh, you know, whether it's after hurricanes, whether it's, a, you know, a, a, a catastrophe is a catastrophe. Whether it happens because of bullets or bombs or... Or because of a cat five or, or, or a tornado, it, it's a terrible thing. I guess the question uh, is, do, free, do they lose the freedoms they have today? And Because that's what you hear in the media is Russia would come in, the freedom to worship, the freedom of schools uh, to teach certain things, the freedoms to of sexuality, the freedoms of whatever it might be. Do those, does Putin strip those? I mean, is that is that a reality? I think it would be another republic under Russia. And I, I, I unfortunately think a lot of that could happen. I mean, uh, I, 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 I can't really speculate that far in advance. Yeah. You know, we just right now, the thing that everybody's concentrating on is the end of loss of life. Yeah. And that's what the most important thing is right now. One of the last things I'll ask you, it kind of hits home here is, um, two elements of that. We talked about it a little bit. What do, what would be our response knowing what you know that you can share if Putin said, Hey, I'm kind of getting my way. I'm making some moves. I want to strengthen some more of our military ties and, and capabilities in Cuba, maybe not necessarily nukes, but just support. Maybe what would be our response to that? And I'll finish talking. I'll ask you about Taiwan and China. If they're watching this, your thoughts on that, but with, with Cuba, 
Should we? Is that a threat right now? Should we be concerned I, I, about that? I don't think he. I don't really think personally that the Russians care about Cuba anymore. Not Maybe even it was strategy. a it was a factor back in the day. Okay. Um, I know as long as he doesn't touch a NATO nation state, mm-hmm. everything is fine. If he encroached into something that is a NATO country. It's a different game, huh? It's going to be different. It would definitely be different. And I know on the Article 5 of the NATO Treaty, if any NATO nation is attacked, we have that commitment, and we would. Right now, we don't. We have troops in Poland. I, I'm not going to go into the, the specific troop because of operational security, but one of my old units is actually over there, and I'm getting postcards and letters oh, wow. from them. You know, I wish you were here kind of thing. I say, I appreciate it, but I'm glad I'm not. But, um, you know, if needed, I would, oh, of course, always, you know, go back to I know you know, you help, would. help our country. But. I know you would. It's, I'll put you on the spot as we wrap up here. Uh, a China or Russia, which is the bigger threat to the United States and our security? Well, that's a tough one for me to answer. I, yeah. I, I, I'll probably stay out of that one. Um, I think maybe I, you can't answer knowing what you know. I, I, might, I, might I be, think that's that's tough for me to answer in this in this forum if you're taiwan would you be worried right now are they no. is, is china is china looking at this and saying here's a here's the play card to follow uh the formula and the world's focused on this you know at least the media seems to be hinting that that could be the next step is that uh sensationalism or is that something to be, that i think it's sensationalism and again when you start looking at the the, the big picture and not the bombs and the bullets. When you start looking at financially, um, I don't think the, the I don't think the Chinese are willing to lose that customer, and I'll call the United States that customer mm-hmm. of everything that we buy. Um, the reason they are where they are today is because of the Western world, and it's not just the United States. It's you know Britain, you know, and Germany and France, and if Again, something happens mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody's laughing at the sanctions. We just took one third of all the capital of the Russian government. One third. And their people will suffer. I mean, uh, this, this, it, it, these things don't happen overnight, but they are very, yeah. you know, and I'm not going to get into who is this president or that president. I followed whatever president was president that was my boss at the time Mm -hmm. and i liked some better than others but they were still my president as is this one today and um there are a lot smarter people out there than myself that the public has to trust and we really do know what we're doing we are you know people will make fun of the government or they will make fun of the military or um, you That's know, the national pastime, right? The debate this stuff <laughs> which, on social which, media, which is fine. Yeah. But I've worked with some of the best and brightest on this universe. In this universe, and I'm not just talking about America. The Brits, the Canadians, the French, everybody, the Spaniards, everybody. They're just an amazing group of very bright people. And uh, when you take this whole picture, mm-hmm. I think we're okay with the Chinese as of right now. Okay. Well, I'll finish with this. Uh, sure. Colonel Abe Khan, and it's such an honor to have you come on the show. Thank you. You're one of my buddies, but to have you in this capacity. And, and for those listening, understand from the intelligence community and what you know, there's some, it's not, some of these things you're not answering is because you can't answer. There's just, you, 
you can't answer, but you know, there's some things, you know, it just can't be said right now. And I, and I certainly am sensitive and appreciate that. So this question, um, might play into that some, so maybe more generalities here, but we'll, we'll finish with this, this question. Um, you were, again, I sort of, I feel kind of guilty for going through your resume so quickly because there's so much I didn't even get to, and I know you didn't want me to, but again, I think you were the youngest colonel in the state of Florida's history. How old were you at that time? 41. Let's say there's a 41-year-old equivalent to your, you know, it wouldn't be equivalent to your expertise, but uh, a man there in Ukraine leading some men right now, what advice would you give him based on what's happening right now as we, you and I speak? Duck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it, it, it's just so hard. Again, um, you know, and, and as far as me being youngest or whatever, I was just lucky in the right places at the right time. I had a lot of great mentors, a lot of great leaders. Uh, I learned to keep my mouth quiet and, and and closed and listen and learn. So, you know, I would I would I would thank those people for for taking me under their wing and mentoring me. Um, I'm not anything special or that great. I just was able to do what I was able to do and and thank God bring my my guys and gals home from you know three years over there uh, on the other side but the only thing I would tell a 41 year old person over there is uh, trust their leadership and uh, you know do what you have to do to bring your people home you know that's there's nothing more important you could talk about God and country and all this at the end of the day, when you're living and working and breathing and, and eating and crapping in the same facilities, it's more than just mom and apple pie. It's bring those people home so they can be those brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, kids, uh, to somebody. Um, because I've had that unfortunate Thing happened to me where I had to tell people without going into that story here in the keys that their their son wasn't going to come home and it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life I can't um, imagine and I don't want to but I think a lot of those all of those men and women I know this for a fact would disagree with one thing you said and that's that's you were nothing special uh, you're a great leader and your humility is an example of that. We're very honored to have Abe Khan on the show today. We'll probably have you back on if you ever want to do it again. I'd love to have you back on at some sure. point and chat with some chat with you. We may have some of your buddies weigh sure. in as well. You've got some, some other guys here in town um, that have seen and done a lot and just as humble as you. So maybe have you back on. But again, Colonel Abe Khan, thank you for sharing your insight and hopefully uh, – as people listen to this, uh, maybe the best possible outcomes, whatever that might be in Ukraine, uh, will come about, and we will just have to wait and see. But Abe Khan, thanks for being being on the Florida Keys Weekly Show. It's an absolute honor. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much.